verses 1 to 7. Scripture's right. In those days, when the numbers of disciples was increasing, and the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them. And, and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so I've titled this sermon tonight, Deacons, because this is the passage where we actually get the term deacon, as we refer to them in church, which really just means servant, right? Um, this is sort of when deacons begin, okay? And um, just as a reminder of where we're at, um, last week we had talked about <laughs> the wonderful calling Christ puts on all of us to, to lay down our lives for our enemies. Um, but we talked about this idea last week about how you and I, you and I as the disciples display before the Sanhedrin are called to preach Christ at all, at all cost. And so now we see really quite a tame story in many ways, right? We've had miraculous healings. We've had people arrested. We've had all of these things. And now we have kind of a tame story as Acts continues. Um, but what's interesting about this is similar to last week, I think this story really reflects something amazing in scripture. Many of you are familiar with the verse in second Corinthians, uh, that Christ's power is made perfect in our weakness. And this passage to me about deacons really reflects in some ways, and I'll explain what I mean, our weakness, our weaknesses as people. And so. Here we go. Acts chapter six. Uh, the church is growing, right? The church is growing. People are coming to faith. There's been some conflict with the Jewish leaders. Um, but because of the Pharisee, as we talked about last week, Gamaliel, he, he sort of encouraged them not to try and oppose them. Um, and in verse one, it says here that the Greeks, the Hellenistic, that just means those from a Greek background, were upset because the Hebraic or the Hebrews uh, we're overlooking their widows, right? We see here that they're, they're, they're in Jerusalem and in the surrounding areas, there were people who were both of Jewish descent and Greek descent, right? And, and, and the Greeks who are sort of, you know, probably seen as a little bit of outsiders are, are saying, hey, you guys are overlooking our widows in the food distribution. And, and they weren't getting the help they needed or they thought they needed, whatever the reason was. And it's interesting, again, kind of like Ananias and Sapphira as well, we see that the early church was loving, was caring, was sharing their possessions, but they still weren't perfect, were they? It, it, people, no matter what, people always look back at the first century church and think, oh, it must have been so great. Yes, but people are still people. 
we see that the church is full of well-intentioned people, but with them, they carry things like prejudice and bias. You know, sometimes we don't want to admit it. We try to act like we're perfect people in church and that we can do anything, but we're really not. And here we see sort of, whether it was an accident or not, I really honestly believe it was kind of an accident, but people were overlooking other people. People were not being equitable for one reason or another. And so the apostles gathered together with all the people and all the leaders, and they say, okay, uh, we can't do this, guys. Uh, we get this as a problem, but this the church is growing. We need to focus on the ministry of the word. We can't really worry about food distribution, okay? And at first read, maybe you think, wow, this is sort of arrogant of the apostles. But, but in reality, let's just be honest here. At some point in our lives, we all get to a point where we're not saying we're better than any kind of work or above any type of work, but we realize that our time and energy is probably better spent doing other things, right? We should always be willing, brothers and sisters in Christ, we should always be willing to do whatever work is necessary, but none of us is ever better than the other person. However, as we grow our time, our expertise, and our gifting, sometimes call us elsewhere, and that's okay. And so the apostles tell the church, hey, our gifting is to the word. Let's find people who are gifted in service and let's equip them to serve with, with, with equitable hearts and charitable hearts. And so in verse three, he tells us, let's choose seven people that are gifted wise and let's give this matter to them, right? And anyone who's ever been in leadership knows that delegation is something very important and very necessary. Verse four, they just remind them, hey, here's the reason we're doing this is because we're gonna stick to our gifts, our calling, to preach the word. And we need people who are gifted in service, who are gifted in loving other people to do these things. Verse five, everyone agrees. They choose Stephen and these six others. Stephen will be our main talk of conversation next week. As you know, many people know he was the first martyr of the church. And then in verse six and seven, it says the apostles prayed, they laid hands on them um, to send them into service. Things went smoothly, the word of God spread and everything's great again. All right, there was a little dust up, you know, the Greek Jews or the Greek widows and the Jewish widows. It was a little bit of a, well, this doesn't really seem fair. Okay, let's smooth it over and let's keep going. And there's lots to look at in this passage, honestly. It's only seven verses, but you could talk about all sorts of things. For me tonight, what I wanted to share with you really was what I'm learning and what I've continually learned as it means to be a servant, what it means to be a deacon in many ways. Uh, when I read this passage and our Old Testament passage, what sticks out to me um, is about my own weakness. You know, many of us, as we grow, we not only grow in our callings like this talks about, but it also we grow in our ability to recognize our own weakness, our own limitations. And so I wanted to ask you tonight, can you truly, deep down, ask people for help? How do you do when it comes to asking for help? How do you do when it comes to lowering your walls, being open and honest with other people and asking for help? Because asking for help in this life is so, so important. This is why I chose the Old Testament passage about Moses, right? And, and, and it's a great story too, because if you don't know the Bible as well, or you're not familiar with the background, that's okay. Um, sometimes I think 
we assume that everyone coming to church has this great Bible knowledge. Um, so if you don't know the background, let me explain it to you. What's happening with the passage Lynette read from the Old Testament. Uh, Moses has led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery. And with God's help, they're on a journey to freedom, as many of us are in this life now. We are journeying to freedom in Christ, but we are journeying through life trying to figure out how to get to the promised land, how to get and be more like Christ. But these journeys are difficult. And with the Israelites or with the Hebrew people, when they left Egypt, it was a difficult journey. And they were complaining to Moses, their leader, about life in the desert. They wanted to eat meat. They wanted to go back to Egypt, even some of them. They were whining and complaining and said, we can't do this anymore, Moses. And so Moses basically says the same thing to God. He goes on this deeply emotional rant and complains, quite frankly, to God. This is what Lynette read. This is from verse 11. He says, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Moses said, did I conceive these people? Did I give them birth? So why do I have to carry for them like babies? Verse 13, where can I get meat for all these people? I cannot, verse 14, he says, cannot carry this burden for myself. It is too heavy for me. And then Moses gets a little bit dark. He gets a little bit serious with God. He said, if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. How is Moses feeling in this moment? He is mad, all right? He's worn out. He's burdened with the requests of all these things. He's burned out. He's done. He can't do it anymore. And God doesn't respond, oh, toughen up, Moses. God doesn't respond with, oh, Moses, stop whining. Just wait another day. What does God do? God responds and says, okay, let's find 70 elders from the people. And let's share this burden together so you don't have to carry it alone. The story of Moses is such a beautiful picture of God's grace to his servants. When Moses called out to God for help, God answered and relieved that burden. And so too in our story in Acts chapter 6 with the apostles, they're looking at this problem, not nearly as, 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 as dramatic as Moses and worn out as Moses, but they still have something in front of them where they say, hey, we know we can't do this thing. We know this is going to take too much time, and this this is not our calling, and so we need help. And they say, so you know what? People of the church who we know and love, why don't you appoint people? We trust you to do this thing. So go and pick people you know and you trust, and we'll give them this power. What a great picture of leadership, by the way. What a great picture from the apostles of leadership and not clinging to power, but freely giving it away and saying, yeah. Great. I don't need to micromanage these people. I don't need to, you know what? Pick seven people you know and trust and we'll give it to them. Done. There's a ton in scripture that we can learn about asking for help. Uh, Luke chapter 11, Jesus also talks about it with giving to friends and helping friends. It's a good passage as well, but there's a ton in scripture about this. But let me just ask you again tonight, how do you deal with this? How are you with asking for help? Because the reason this this idea stuck out to me so much in these passages was because, being totally honest, I hate asking for help. All right? I absolutely hate it. Right? I 
for a long time and still sometimes do pride myself on being able to do anything. Some of you have even heard me jokingly say, you know, if you want something done, do it yourself. I, 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 in the back of my mind, I still actually kind of believe, yeah, that's true. If you need something done, just do it yourself, right? You know, one of the ways I learned this was I was rewarded at a young age for this mentality because when I was young, I worked in lots of manual labor type jobs, right? Landscaping, construction, uh, I built pools for a while, all these random jobs in America. And, uh, but because I had this mentality, I was actually praised for it, right? I could lift anything, I could move anything, I could carry anything, I was young and, and, and dumb and, 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 and I just thought I could do anything, right? So on the one hand, now I'm getting a little bit older and Lord knows I cannot lift the same things I used to lift, right? But deep down, not just the physical, I can do this, I can accomplish this task, but deep down, as I've grown older and meditated on these things and apprenticed myself to Jesus, like we're talking about in, in our Lenten devotional, I've realized that same attitude of feeling like I can do anything has infected my soul. Somewhere along the way, I have come to believe that I can do this on my own. And, or maybe, and maybe you're like me in this, maybe you're afraid sometimes to ask for help. See, sometimes I think I can do it. And then other times I feel a little bit afraid to ask for help. Maybe it's my own pride. Maybe it's a fear that other people might judge me, right? Because I'm asking for help. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's all these things put together. But you know what God is constantly teaching me? as long as I could probably remember when I look back and think about it, that I need help. Now, I need help physically. I can't carry things like I used to. But I also need help spiritually, even as a pastor, even as, as someone who is called to this ministry. Like the apostles were called to lead the church. They couldn't do this on their own. I cannot do all these things. I cannot bear all of my personal, spiritual, our church burdens alone. Can you? I mean, really, some of you are good at asking for help, but some of you, some of us, I include myself, can we ask for help when we need it? Because when I read scriptures, I just read that Moses needed help. And Moses is one of the heroes of the Old Testament. Moses needed help. We lift up the apostles. I mean, they walked and talked with Jesus for three years. They started the church. They were doing miracles. They were healing people. They were, you know, Paul, you know, raises a guy from the dead eventually. Well, I guess Paul isn't an apostle yet, but still. The apostles needed help. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let me encourage you, remind you this, this evening that we all need help at one time or another, usually more often than we realize. And the two things are very simple things I just want to point out with these passages tonight, with Moses and with the apostles. The first thing is this, is that we need to ask God for help. When we feel worn out, when we feel burdened, when we feel like we can't do it anymore, we need to be asking God for help, which is a lot easier than the second thing I'm going to mention, which is that we need to ask one another for help. So when we talk about asking God for help, let me say this. Don't wait until you're in the position of Moses. 
Yes, Moses is a great example in a lot of ways. Yes, Moses had great faith and God used him to do mighty things. But he is so burned out. He is so tired in this passage. He has worn himself down so much that he actually asked God to kill him. He says, let's, God, let's just end it because I can't do it. Friends, let's not wait until our dying would seem like a mercy to ask God for help. Let's not wait until we are worn out, until we are burned out, until we can barely get out of bed without feeling burdens to ask God for help. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you know exactly what I mean, that you wait until you feel like you have no other option to ask God for help. Friends, our God is there waiting. Our God is there waiting for us to ask to help. And when it comes to the second thing, which is much harder, by the way, because I can sit here now and ask God for help and it, you know, God's God, he's all around, he knows me. But when it comes to asking one another, when it comes to trusting another human being, church, let's not wait too long either. Let's not wait until our relationships are falling apart. Let's not wait until the things around us are falling apart. One of the things I love about this passage in Acts chapter 6 is they dealt with it immediately. They didn't allow a division to grow in the church. They didn't allow this to become a major thing where the Greeks and the Hebrews were fighting about this. Immediately they say, let's deal with it. Let's figure it out. Let's get help and let's solve this problem. And one of the amazing things to me about this passage, I don't know if, if you've ever heard this or noticed this before, that all the names they give are Greek names. So think about this. I don't want to go too deep into this because it's a whole other thing we can talk about in this passage, but all the names they give here are Greek names. And so because the Greeks felt like they were being overlooked, the people from Greek origin, they go and say, let's appoint Greek people. Let's appoint the minority. <laughs> to take care of these things so that the minority is no longer overlooked. They deal with it. And in the same way, you and I need to understand that when we feel like we need help, when we feel like something is wrong, we need to go to our brothers and sisters in Christ and face whatever's happening. We need to be able to ask for help when we need it. Pride, fear of judgment, whatever it is that might be holding you back cannot hold you back. We are all equals here. We are all in need of God's grace. Right? And, and in those seasons, by the way, in those seasons where we feel like things great, we don't need help, that life could not get any better, we need to be people who stop, look around us, and see who around us might need help. Right? What can you do to give and help others? Andy's sermon earlier this morning on giving, he talked about this wonderfully. What are we doing to help those around us who need help? So it's not just about us getting our needs met, but we also go and in turn help those around us. Yes, Acts chapter 6 is a story about how the deacons started and how many people will organize their churches now. And yes, at the church, we have deacons. We have people who can help you if you need a ride somewhere, if you need groceries, if, if you're quarantined and you can't get groceries, or you can't get something. We have people who can help. 
If you need German language help, we have people who can go with you to the Gemeinde house and sort out a discrepancy, fine. We have all of those things. But the truth here is so much deeper than just meeting surface level needs, like feeding people in this passage. The truth, what I see here and what I see with the story with Moses is that we all have each other to rely on. We are all equal, as I talk about all the time. None is greater, none is less. And so we can help anyone. We can lift those up who feel down, and other people around us can lift us up when we feel down. We can support those who are broken. We can bear one another's burdens, as the scriptures tell us, to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and to mourn with those who mourn. But church, and I say this as a pastor, because sometimes we just don't ask. Sometimes as a church, we don't know what people are going through. We would love to pray with you. We would love to support you, but we just don't know. Ask us. How can people rally around you and lift you up if you're not asking for help? People can't help you if you don't ask. People can't pray for you and support what you're going through if you don't share it with anyone. So let's start this way. Start by asking God, all right? Start by asking God for help. Start by going to God in prayer. And don't wait till you're burned out like Moses, but, but understand that God can handle all of your emotions. God can handle all of your fears, all of your pride, all of your anger, everything else. All you have to do is read the Psalms and realize that God can and has dealt with all of this stuff before. And start there because if that's all you get, that's pretty good, right? Sharing your, your, your burdens with God, it's a pretty good thing. But then Don't stop there. Be like the apostles and ask the people around you to help share the burden you feel. Be honest about your limits. If life is just too hard, call somebody and say, I'm really tired. I need some help. Or if it's a practical thing like the apostles and feeding people say, I have all of these responsibilities right now. I just need help. Could you please help me? Church, we live in a world where we are told we can do anything, right? Especially young people today. You can grow up to be and do anything, but we can't. Understand what I'm saying here. I say it from love. You cannot do this life alone. You are not strong enough. You are not talented enough. You are not smart enough. You are not holy enough to do this life without God and without your sisters and brothers in Christ. And so, Let me encourage you, be like Moses and reach out to our God and our Father. And then let's look to the example of the apostles and reach out to one another to help bear the burdens of things happening around us. We can't do this life alone, and we're not called to do this life alone. God has not set us to do this life alone. God has given us this great cloud of witnesses. So go to your sisters and go to your brothers in Christ and share life. Admit when you need help. Offer help when others need it. It's a simple lesson we all know, and yet somehow we all struggle with it. And I just want to encourage you all. And if you don't struggle with this, by the way, keep doing what you're doing. Keep asking other people for help. Keep sharing your life. Keep reaching out to others. Because those of you who feel like, I don't really struggle to ask for help. I'm good at asking for help. I like asking for help. Keep doing it. Because you are unknowingly encouraging those of us who struggle sometimes to ask for help to do so.
And you are encouraging your brothers and sisters in Christ. Just like if you've ever been at a, a time or a Bible study or a prayer group when you ask for prayer requests, right? And, and no one's speaking, it's kind of awkward. And then one person finally says, you know, I got something we could pray for. And then it sort of snowballs into like a really great, robust prayer time. If that's you, if you're that person who's like, actually, Pastor Sam, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need help asking for help. Keep doing it because you're encouraging those of us who sometimes struggle. And so let's walk through this life together. Let's ask our Father in heaven and let's ask one another to walk with us. Would you pray with me? God, thank you. God, thank you that you were there always listening to our prayers, bearing our burdens with us. And thank you for surrounding us with brothers and sisters in Christ that can share these burdens as well. Thank you for all the things we have, all the blessings we have, that there are people and resources to help. And so, God, I pray that we would be able to ask, that we would reach out to one another, that we would reach out to friends, that we would reach out to people in church, that we would reach out to the deacons at IPC, whatever we need, uh, and that we would create these connections, Father, that we would walk through life together. What a gift it is, and I pray that we would have the courage to do so. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And now I want to invite you guys to, uh, all of us together, to, to think about these things, and uh, let's sing a song before we have our prayer time.